Welcome to the Membership Guys podcast. Kick-ass advice and tips for membership site owners. Well, hello there. Welcome to episode 121 of the Membership Guys podcast, the show for practical tips, insights, and advice on growing a successful membership website. I'm your host, Mike Morrison, and today is a little bit of a follow-up episode on a subject that we touched on back in episode 117. Back in that episode, we were talking about ways in which you can book the trend in terms of going against the norms, going against the best practices or the most commonly shared wisdom around memberships. And so we looked at a bunch of different assumptions or a bunch of different so-called best ways of doing memberships. And we talked about ways in which you can be successful, even if you go a little bit against the grain. And one of the things that we talked about was the fact that despite People like myself even telling you how important community is in your membership being successful, you can have a very successful membership without having a community forum or a discussion group or something like that. And so out of all the different areas that we talked about in which you can book the trend of memberships, that was the one that we got the most feedback on and we had people basically wanting to know more, wanting us to dig a little bit deeper into that and to talk about situations where you might choose not to have a community and they also wanted to know how do you actually keep your members engaged and interact with your members if you don't have a community element to your membership so that's something we're going to go a little bit further into on today's show but before we dive into that i want to take the opportunity to remind you that the membership guys podcast is brought to you by member site academy the number one training resource and community for membership site owners Academy members get full access to our training library, to special member-only perks, discounts, courses, cheat sheets, workshops, basically everything you need to plan, launch, and grow a successful membership website. And if that wasn't enough, you also get to tap in to the collective knowledge, expertise, and experience of hundreds of membership site owners, not to mention myself and Callie. And we've got your back every step of the way with the support the resources, and the accountability that you need to be successful. If you are serious about growing a successful membership website, you need to be a part of Membersite Academy. So head on over to membersiteacademy.com to join today, and we'll see you in the Academy. All right, so let's dig in to community. Without question, there are major benefits of having a community element to your membership website. It's becoming cliche because we say it so much, but your members will come for the content, but they'll stay for the community. The community is the thing that keeps people subscribed long term, long beyond the point at which they've finished watching all of your courses or they've downloaded all the resources they're likely to need. The community is where your members will form relationships, where they can get access to you, where they can get that little bit more of a personal touch and they can have questions answered or simply just chat with like-minded people who have got the same sort of experiences or in the same sort of situations as them. So your community can play a huge, huge role in keeping your members engaged. The more engaged your members are, the more they're logging in, the more they're participating, the more they're actually using what they're paying for. And as a result, 
the longer they are likely to stay. So the biggest benefit of a community is that increase in engagement. For you as a membership site owner, it's also a way of you building up this huge resource of ideas and inspiration. Some of the best ideas that you get for membership content, for other products, for your public content, blogs, podcasts, and all of that sort of stuff will come from inside your community. And of course, that makes sense. It's a bit of a no-brainer. These guys are your biggest fans. They are your perfect customers because not only are they people who have the problems that you want to solve, but they're also people who have proven their intention and their ability and their willingness to pay you for the solution to their problems. And so why wouldn't you want to tap in to that collective information to observe what people talk about, what questions are they asking, to really take that opportunity to get to know and to fully understand your members and as a result to build a clearer picture of how you can help serve them in other ways, even if it is just getting ideas for your blog posts or your podcasts or your membership content. So as a source of ideas and inspiration, community plays a huge, huge part. It's also a much more manageable way of providing direct access to you. In most cases, memberships or indeed the type of memberships that we cover mostly here at the Membership Guys and that most of you guys are dealing with, most of those memberships tend to be built around some sort of authority, an expert who is sharing your expertise, your experiences, you're teaching something. And so access to you is often a big motivator for why people will join your membership. They want to be able to ask you questions. They want to be able to get your response, your thoughts, and your input. But on a one-to-many basis where you have hundreds or even thousands of members, that can be difficult to actually provide that sort of one-on-one attention. Having a forum or having a Facebook group gives you a platform that enables you to provide that sort of access to connect with your members, to answer their questions, to give feedback without it eating into your personal time, without it becoming unmanageable. So as a channel to provide the sort of intimacy and the sort of access to you that your members will want, your community forum or your Facebook group is one of the most manageable ways of doing that. And as an extension of that, it's a way for you to deliver a little bit more customized value, a little bit more customized feedback. If you're creating courses or you're doing workshops and you're creating educational materials and resources for your members, you're obviously going to want to try and create stuff that helps the broadest range of people possible. And so while your courses or your other membership content may check off perhaps 90% of what someone wants to actually achieve or what is appropriate to someone's situation, everyone has their own idiosyncrasies, their own individual needs. And so your community is where you help fill that remaining 10%. It closes the gap. It's where you can give that little bit of bespoke value, that little bit of additional information or additional feedback that someone might need to apply your membership content to their particular needs and their particular situation. So without question, there are huge, huge benefits of a community. However, communities without doubt take a lot of time to run. Even if you are managing your time well and you have set times of the day where you're checking into your community, it's still likely going to form the bulk of what you do on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis. When you throw in all of the other things that you need to take care of as a membership site owner, creating new content, dealing with customer service, marketing and selling your membership, and 
all the ins and outs of just running a business in general, then managing your community, being there for your members, responding to every post, that is something that can definitely be a bit of a drain on your time. And it's very easy to end up going down a rabbit hole and spend more time in your community than perhaps you budgeted for. So the work involved in the community, while it's certainly worth it in most cases, it is something that definitely needs a lot of dedicated time to run if you want to try and build and maintain momentum, especially in the early days of your membership. And that's another thing. It can be difficult to even get and to keep that momentum. In those early stages, a lot of your community success is going to be dependent on you showing up, you driving activity, you being the one starting every conversation, replying to every post, showing up there every day. In those initial stages, you need to be the very model of your ideal member from a community perspective, because if you're not leading the way, if you're not showing up, and if you don't want to take part in your community, nobody else is going to want to. Now, eventually you will find you get that snowball effect where more and more conversations are starting without you having to be the one starting them. Members are answering each other's questions and supporting each other without you needing to intervene, but it can take a little while to get there. And in some memberships, you'll never get there. Some memberships, you have your community who are only interested in what you have to say. They're not necessarily as interested in connecting with each other. So even if you do get members supporting each other, there's still that need for you to be in there constantly providing the final definitive answer that your members are seeking. So getting and maintaining that momentum and kicking into that next gear can be difficult. There are also lots of potential headaches or potential problem areas that come from putting hundreds of people onto a single shared platform and giving everybody a voice and doing it in an online format where it's text and it's image and sometimes people aren't necessarily using their real name, they're using a avatar, they're using a pseudonym. So the potential headaches that can come from that, again, they can cause major problems for you. So that could mean member conflicts where people are arguing and you need to intervene. It can be people trolling each other, which is an increasing problem in terms of online interactions. It may be a case that you have competitors in a particular business market who are both in your forum and they're rubbing each other the wrong way or maybe one of them is perceiving you to have some sort of bias to the other and they're complaining to you. All of this sort of stuff. You also have the potential for members overstepping their boundaries. That access that we talk about, the ability to provide pretty much unprecedented direct access to you to get your feedback and so on, that can spill over into other things when people maybe take it for granted that they have access to you. And so you may find yourself subject to lots of private communications where people are messaging you privately rather than actually posting discussions in the forum. If you're helping someone with their situation or answering their questions, the big, big benefit to doing that one-on-one when it's being posted in the member forum is that it still becomes a one-to-many thing because others reading your conversation can benefit from it. But if members are messaging you privately, then you don't get that benefit of essentially leveraging your time by being able to share the answer on a more open channel where others will benefit from it. So those sorts of potential headaches dealing with conflicts, having to handle people who are stepping over the line in terms of behavior or overstepping their boundaries with you, competitors butting heads, all of this sort of stuff is obviously more likely to happen if you have a community platform where your members are able to interact. 
So there's some definite things in the cons column. We talk about how great community is, but it's not all awesome stuff. So you certainly need to factor these things into your decision about whether or not to add a community into your membership offering. There are also some situations where having a community simply may not work. One of which we mentioned back in episode 117 is where your membership is a little bit more of a utility kind of offering. So there are some topics out there that simply don't require discussion. If your membership is one where people are essentially just logging in to download resources or maybe it's a membership where they have access to a plugin or to software or some sort of tools where maybe they don't actually have an interest in interacting with other people who are also just there to download resources and so on then you probably don't need a community you might want to have an actual forum platform or a group for tech support or customer support but there is a big difference between deliberately fostering a community and using a community platform as a support channel or as a way to ease member communications with you So for those kind of utility type memberships, where your membership is very much more functional, people aren't logging in to spend time in your membership. They want to log in, get the job done, and then get out of there. You're probably better off not having a community. Another situation where you may not want to have a community is if your membership is centered around something that's a very sensitive topic. So maybe something centered around an embarrassing illness or an embarrassing condition. It might be something that targets businesses where they're not prone or not likely to want to discuss the ins and outs of what they're doing. Maybe it involves companies where they're dealing in sensitive customer information. And so there's all sorts of potential legal issues that they might have to deal with if they were to discuss their business with other people. Those sorts of situations, again, there's probably going to be more hassle than it's worth to have a community element to it. The third kind of scenario where community might not be for you is where your audience are severely tech averse or severely time limited. There are certainly plenty of types of memberships or plenty of audiences and topics where you're going to have that type of audience profile. And so you're just adding more stuff they need to know, more stuff they need to learn, more tech into the picture or more demands on their time that it's probably going to work against you if you're trying to encourage your members to jump into a community when the last thing they want is more tech or more time-consuming stuff to do. So again, that might be a situation where you either don't have a community or, heaven forbid, for anybody who has listened to the show for a while and knows my stance on using Facebook groups for paid memberships, this sort of situation where your members are extremely tech-averse and extremely time limited, but they do hang out on Facebook, that might be where you use a Facebook for the community element of your paid membership. So there you go. You have my permission in that situation to use a Facebook group for a paid membership, despite my multiple rants in the past about doing that. All right, so that's the third situation in which you may choose to not have a community or to have a much more slimmed down community through something like a Facebook group. The fourth is where your membership deals in a problem or a topic or an outcome that is very much fixed term. So we mentioned these again back in episode 117. It might be that your membership helps people prepare for a specific exam or helps people learn for their driving test or perhaps helps people study towards their degree or their high school diploma or their GCSEs or A-levels if you're based here in the UK. And so those sorts of things have a limited 
shelf life in terms of how long a member is likely to stick around that is determined by the topic and by the thing that the membership actually does so with those sorts of memberships where the member life cycle is very much stop start is very finite then often the relationships that typically underpin a successful community can't fully form because people aren't around for long and if somebody knows that they're only around short term they're less likely to dive in and try to make those connections because they know that in six months time that their membership is going to end so again that might be a big factor if your membership is like that in deciding not to have a community element the fifth situation where a membership community might not work is where you or your team will not be around. So whether this is just because you simply don't have the time, maybe you're running a membership on the side as you do coaching or perhaps as you run a service business or even as you continue on in full-time employment, then if you know that you absolutely do not have the time to be in your membership or you absolutely do not want to spend the time in your membership. You know, it's all right if you just don't like people. <laughs> you know, it's not uncommon. So if the idea of having to show up, of having to answer questions, having to start conversations and continuously think of new ways to trigger engagement and trigger discussions, if that sounds like your idea of hell, if you honestly cannot even conceive of a day where you could bring yourself to do that with any semblance of enthusiasm, maybe running a community isn't for you. Now, in some cases, with people whose situations or character aren't suited to a community, they will hire people to be community managers, or they'll partner up with someone in their business who will be the more public-facing side of what they do. However, not everyone's going to be in a situation to do that. So if you're not going to have a presence in there, either yourself directly or vicariously through a team member, then don't start a community. It is better to not have a community at all than to have one which is a ghost town because you never showed up yourself and as a result, you never built that momentum that is needed for a community to thrive and to grow. And the sixth scenario in which you might decide against adding a community to your membership is where you know that there's going to be a major language barrier. So if you know that your market is predominantly English, but you're not a native English speaker and you really struggle with that, then that is going to make community management a lot harder. It's a little bit like we were literally just saying about not having the time or not having the inclination to show up. This sort of barrier, this additional workload in just the day-to-day -day management of your community is going to make it pretty unbearable to actually have the sort of presence and the sort of involvement your community is going to need to really get off the ground so if you expect there to be that kind of language barrier then that's probably a hurdle that's maybe too high to clear when it comes to deciding whether to have a membership so those are the six main types of situations where adding a community to your membership might not be the way you go utility-based memberships where people just aren't interested in discussing stuff they just want to log in do the business and then go Memberships that deal with a sensitive topic. Memberships where your audience are very tech-averse or very time-limited. Memberships where the outcome of the topic being covered is very short-term or very fixed-term, where you know that people are only going to be around for a set amount of time and then they have no use for your membership. 
sites where you or your team will not be around, whether that's because you don't have the time or you just don't have the inclination, and memberships where you know there's going to be a major language barrier between you and your community. So there are definitely situations in which community just will not be the way to go. The important thing to know, however, is that if you don't have an online community aspect to your membership, then you need to find other ways to engage your audience. You have to work harder to give them reasons to log in. So maybe that means gamification. So adding some gamification elements, maybe badges, lesson tracking, all that sort of stuff. Adding that kind of thing to your content to make it a more positive, engaging experience when people are actually logging in and watching your courses or your workshops. Maybe it's just putting more of an emphasis on communicating with your members and keeping them up to date about new content, new goings on, so that you're always top of mind. You've always got reasons for them to actually log in and check out what's going on inside your membership. You could even run competitions and contests regularly based on activity in the membership. Maybe you do challenges that, again, people don't necessarily need to come together in a community for, but you can perhaps have prizes for people who achieve the best results or a prize for people who get to a certain outcome. Or maybe it's free membership time or some other sort of prize for everybody who completes a challenge. Again, it's just thinking smarter and knowing that If you don't have a community, you have to fill up the gap elsewhere when it comes to giving people reasons to log in and adding that sticky factor to your membership that'll keep people around long term. Now, of course, we're talking about having an online community like a forum or like a Facebook group, but you can still foster community in a membership without having that sort of platform. So that could mean real world member meetups. Maybe you have local meetings either regularly or, you know, on the back of when you're traveling, if you travel a lot, perhaps you do member Q&A calls where everybody comes onto a webinar or a Zoom call, a Google Hangout or something like that, and they all get a chance to not only ask you stuff, but also to get to know each other, to connect with each other face-to-face in a virtual environment. Maybe it's something as simple as adding a comment section to your membership content. So if people do have questions, they have the ability to ask those, even though you don't have a dedicated community section. So it would just be like having comments on your blog post or podcast, except you make them available for lessons of your courses, for your workshops and other member content. And of course, you make it so that only members can post on there. The key to that, obviously, is that you answer those questions. So again, if you're in a situation where you just don't want to interact with your members, maybe adding comments into your membership content isn't going to be for you. You might even encourage unofficial fan communities. So even if you are in a situation where having your own community aspect to your membership doesn't make sense, you might still have a small proportion of your member base who do want that sort of community aspect. So you could encourage or maybe even sponsor an unofficial fan community, an unofficial Facebook group, an unofficial Slack channel. Although if that happens, you need to be careful in terms of how involved you are with that in terms of allowing the branding to be used and making sure that it's clear that it's an unofficial community it's clear that what goes on there isn't a reflection of you your brand and all that sort of stuff so there's definitely hurdles there's definitely potential pitfalls in that kind of thing but again depending on your audience depending on your topic it might be the best avenue to go down 
Simple additions like allowing members to review content. So let's say you do have a purely utility-based membership where people are just downloading files, they're downloading worksheets, templates, video resources, whatever it is, then you can increase engagement simply by allowing members to leave their reviews for the files that they're downloading. That's also going to be really useful to you in terms of providing you with feedback on what's working and what's not, and that's going to inspire ideas for the future. So that whole benefit of having a community, the inspiration for ideas and all of that sort of stuff, you can get that in other ways by soliciting member feedback on individual content. You can also run regular surveys, again, to get those ideas, to get that feedback and to make your members feel like they're heard. One of our members runs a membership for teachers to download training packs and lesson resources. So this is a largely utility-based membership as we've been talking about. And as such, it doesn't have a dedicated community section, but the founder of that membership engages with his members through allowing them to leave reviews that then informs obviously the way he then follows up and interacts if someone leaves a bad review that gives him an opportunity to reach out and connect with them he also has ongoing polls so he has an ongoing polling section on his website where members get a vote for what content they want to see next again there's that feedback element and it's also checking the box for making sure that members feel like their input is heard and that the membership has been shaped around them. So if you choose not to have an official community aspect to your membership, whether it's a forum, whether it's a Facebook group or some other social group, you just need to make sure that you're working harder to engage your members elsewhere and to provide them with reasons to log in that make up for the absence of having the sort of community environment where people can come together and get those connections and get the stuff that will typically get them to stick around long term. And in the next episode of the Membership Guys podcast, I'm also going to be digging in to the different types of actual member content that you can be creating and offering through your membership that is designed to help you increase member engagement. So if you're not planning on having a community in your website or if you do have a community but it either hasn't built the sort of momentum that you'd like or realistically it's just something that's kind of in the background it's not a driving factor in your membership and you're looking for other ways to engage members then you're definitely going to want to check out that next episode that's going to help you out immensely in terms of keeping members engaged and giving them content related reasons to regularly log in and spend time in your membership so if you're a new listener and you haven't already done so make sure that you hit that subscribe button in itunes in stitcher in whatever it is you listen to the show on to make sure you don't miss that next episode because it's going to complement this one very well and it's going to give you some great ideas for creating more engaging types of content inside your membership. So if you've been on the fence about whether or not you should add a community aspect to your membership, or maybe you've already got one and you're thinking about removing it or closing that part down, then hopefully this episode has given you enough of an insight on both sides of the equation. Not just talking about the benefits, which we talk about a lot, but actually talking about some of the reasons why you might not want to have a community and some specific situations and circumstances where actually having a community is probably the wrong thing to do. 
I do hope this episode has helped to give you some clarity and helped to give you some ideas. That's it from me for this week. Thank you guys for listening. I truly, truly appreciate each and every one of you. If you have enjoyed this week's episode, if it's given you some value, you know what I would really appreciate, what I'd really love, is if you could just hit that review button in iTunes, in Stitcher, in whatever you listen to the show in, and leave us a nice review. Let me know what you thought of that episode or what you think of the show in general. I'd love to know if we're helping you guys out there and if you're enjoying the show. Obviously, only if you're planning on hitting five stars. If you're planning on hitting one star, just forget that that review button is even there. But if you can, any and all reviews, we truly appreciate it. We love knowing that we're helping you guys. We love getting your thoughts and your feedback on the show. We couldn't and we wouldn't do this without you. That's it from me for this week. I'll be back again next week with another installment of the Membership Guys podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Membership Guys podcast, we invite you to check out the membersiteacademy.com. The Member Site Academy is the essential resource for anyone at any stage of starting, growing and running a membership website. So whether you're still figuring out what your idea is going to be, or whether your website is already up and running and you're just looking for ways to grow it and attract new members, then the Member Site Academy can help you to get to the next level. With our extensive course library, monthly training, exclusive member-only discounts, perks and tools, and a supportive, active community to help you along the way with feedback, encouragement and advice, the Member Site Academy is the perfect place to be for anyone looking to start, manage and grow a successful membership website. So check it out at membersiteacademy.com.